Hello and welcome to The Coaching Corner, a podcast by RefCoach. We are Jack and Ale, and on this podcast, we provide short, educational conversations about refereeing to help officials improve and enjoy the game they love. Today's topic is body language. Now, body language is something we see every single day, whether it be on the street, at work, at home with our family. But it's also a really important part of refereeing. It's part of the theatre. It's a part of how people perceive us. It really encapsulates everything people from the outside see of us. In a nutshell, body language is all those movements and postures which uh, show our attitude and feelings without us having to speak. So for referees, it's particularly important because people can't hear us when we speak. Sometimes players don't listen and body language becomes the first point of contact and way of communicating with everyone, not just players. Mm. And, and we'll touch on this later on in the podcast, but it, it's the only way that people outside the pitch can understand what we're doing. There is literally no other way for them to do it. So it's it's vitally, vitally important to have positive body language, strong body language, but also body language that matches what has happened. You know, just if there's a little foul and you do a massive piece of body language, then that can cause people to overreact. And then obviously there's the opposite of that too. If something major happens and you react really negatively, can have a negative impact as well. So body language is a really, really important part of refereeing and, and really powerful as well. Oh, yeah. It's from what you said, it's very relatable to how we blow a whistle. Mm. You know, big whistle, big foul, big foul, big body language, small yeah. foul, maybe not even anything, but small body language. Mm. Uh, mm. So very, very important, absolutely. What would you describe as positive body language for a referee? I think positive body language can obviously come in many forms and you'll see it in many different ways during a game, but it can be as simple as your posture, being strong, being upright, not for want of a better word, cowering over, um, having strong signals. And I'm not saying that if, you know, you need to look like you're in the army every time you're giving a throw in, but just you need to give off an air of confidence about what you're doing. And, and that's for the basics, you know, goal kicks, corners, throw-ins, but also positive body language where it can really have an impact on match control is, is where you use your body language to influence players. Can you be proactive with your body language, whether that's an arm up to a player to say no or two arms stretched out in front of you if players are starting to run at you? Those sorts of signals can be really positive and are really authoritative and can genuinely make a difference to the way players are perceiving you. If a group of players are running at you and you make really make yourself big, big, strong, positive body language, the natural human instinct is to actually stop. So how powerful is that? You've had to say nothing. You've done some really positive body language and it's stopped a situation from escalating further. And how does it look from the outside? It looks fantastic. There are a few key ones for me, I think, Ale. Uh, I guess I asked a bit of a tricky question because it's probably important to try and define what is positive body language mm. for a referee because obviously we are talking about saying no, about putting our arms out and stopping people. 
um, stopping players from coming at you. But obviously, it's important to understand that with positive body language, we mean body language, gestures, expressions, and all those all those uh, type of nonverbal communication that do the work for you without you having to say anything, as you were just saying. So that is what we think of as positive body language uh, when we look at the referee making all those gestures and those gestures being effective. Because obviously saying no, it's not necessarily, doesn't necessarily have a positive mm. uh, inclination, but that has a positive outcome mm. based on the current situation and how a referee is using it. Mm. Mm. So it's effective body language. It, and sometimes a positive, but sometimes the other <laughs> way as well. Yeah, so it's effective body language used in a positive manner. Yeah. yeah. Because on the other end, negative body language, it's, again, a little bit different. I think there are different shades of grey on what negative body language could be. Because when I think about negative body language, the first thing I think is a referee after making a decision looking down to their feet. Mm. Because that communicates uncertainty, mm. communicates that the referee is not 100% sure of their decision. And that is what, again, it's read as negative, which means from the outside it looks like the referee is not sure. But there are, there are other ways, um, there are other types of negative body language which, which could uh, be gestures that look nervous, gestures that make you look a bit erratic. Or even doing nothing is also, neg- can also <laughs> yeah. be negative body language. If players are running at you and you're just standing there doing nothing, that then becomes negative body language by doing nothing. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's so true. It just looks like the referee's been a punching bag, mm. just taking it all in and not reacting. It's also sometimes the way we we carry ourselves on the pitch. You see some referees that are just trotting around. They don't really look like they're running. Uh, and that makes them look uninterested. Hmm. And that, again, it's negative body language. Uh, versus an example of positive body language is referees that are always jogging, moving well around the pitch. They are showing that they're making an effort to do that. So even the way we run is a type of body language because really shows how we carry ourselves on the pitch. And whether we walk or we're walking with uh, with our shoulders a bit slouched and look like we're not caring or uh, there's a lot of little things we could really delve deep into these details. Uh, but it's all those things when we look at referee, even on the television, especially on the television, um, it's all those things that make us look one way or another. Another key part of body language is facial expression. And the facial expressions of a referee can tell a story, uh, tell a thousand words in in one look, whether it's a a smile, a laugh, a smirk, or the other way, you know, portraying anger, portraying seriousness. I always remember quite clearly there's a clip of uh, Mark Clattenburg and Sergio Ramos uh, and he's Clattenburg's clearly got a, an angry face and he's pointing to his eyes and pointing at Ramos to say, I'm watching you, I'm watching you. And nobody can hear what he's saying and he might not be saying anything, but it's so clear from Clattenburg's serious 
face, his his stare, and then his body language, his arm movement to go with it, that every single person on the planet watching that game knew exactly what he meant. And that's interesting, Rob, because if we think about, for example, a smile, a smile could mean a lot of things. Could mean a referee's been approachable and try to build a relationship with a player, which would, would be in that situation positive mm-hmm. body language. But on another situation, if a smile is read as the referee making fun or enjoying a particular unfortunate situation. Yeah, you've just sent off a player and all of a sudden you're smiling at his manager. It's probably not going to go down too well. <laughs> exactly. And so there's a lot of things to consider when to, and it's hard sometimes because we do these things unconsciously. Mm. So learning how to use body language and influence in our body in a way that we can use it in our advantage is quite important and takes a lot of time and even just awareness and self-awareness of what we do. I mean, if we think about uh, the, the death stare that Colina used to use, everyone knew that when Colina pulled a certain look, no one had to go near him. But that also came with... Uh, with his name, with his fame, players his, knew his that. brand, his look, his just his look. You know, we talk about that as body language, just the way he looked when he walked onto the pitch. Exactly, it would he would scare players <laughs> just because they knew this is Colina. If he looks at me like this, I am in trouble. Mm. But other referees may not be able to do that because mm. maybe that's not your style, that's not your personality. Uh, there's there's a lot of things to. To consider and that comes with self-awareness obviously and a bit of experience once you try it once or twice if it doesn't go down the right way maybe you can try different things mm. i know we we've spoken before you and i jack about uh, putting on an angry face mm. uh, and there's referees that do it in one way uh, there's referees that can't do it because maybe they've built that brand of being a calm and approachable referee and the moment they try to get angry players just don't react well because mm they think that the referee is just not concentrated or not the user self. Finally, as we touched on earlier, it's really important to communicate via your body language to external stakeholders. So if, if the game is on TV or there's a crowd or even to the coaches when perhaps players on the other side of the pitch, we can use our body language to communicate our decisions. Now, there's a few different areas around this, but... One example that jumps to mind is a clip we had in the A-League from a couple of years ago where there's a a dog-so challenge and it's right out on the wing, but the player, it's a correct decision, it's a dog-so, and the referee actually points towards the goal to demonstrate to everybody in the crowd and on TV, this is why my decision was because he was going straight towards goal. And obviously we can't hear what he's saying when you watch on TV, but you can tell clearly from the body language why the referee has given the decision. The referee's managed to tell a story through his body language. Yeah. And you see it lots of times, even with, with fouls uh, and referees pointing at a certain part of the foot. Yeah. Or, or when you put your arm straight up and, uh, and uh, the hand is bent 90 degrees to say, yeah, the, the foot, the studs were up. Uh, and straight in the leg, say, yeah, the leg was locked in, the studs were up, lots of lots of force in the tackle. And you can use that to, to show players why your decision or the classic putting your hand up 
and touching it with the other hand to show handball. Mm. All those things are very important because once you make a decision, straight away everyone around you knows what's going on. The coaches on the bench know what's going on. People on the television that are watching on the telly know what's going on. So these are all great, great tools to communicate to the wider, wider audience without being accessible physically to say, this is why I made a decision. Ale, what are some strategies or things referees can do to improve their body language, to work on their body language? There are a few techniques and uh, things we can try to do to improve our body language. The best way, obviously, would be being able to watch ourselves during a game to see what we do and how we move, because once we know what we do, it's easier to change, adapt, modify, or fix things we are not potentially aware of. That obviously is not always possible, especially at grassroots level. So things that we can do is um, that there are a few techniques. The first that comes to mind is visualization. Uh, and I'm not embarrassed of admitting this, but I used to do that all the time. And when I'd be in the shower, I would be mimicking what I would be doing in a, a, during a game. And uh, I would walk around the office and just point like if it was a throw-in or pretend to be talking to two players. So visualization is really good because if we think about a match day situation and think about how we would deal with it and pretend we're in there and position ourselves and change our posture and practice those gestures and um, those movements and that body language that we would use in that particular situation, then we don't have to reinvent the wheel when they're on the pitch because we've done it already. We've practiced it at home. Another good technique is going in front of a mirror and practicing these things to see how we look, to see how we look and to, to think, okay, does that look all right? Does that make sense? Is that something I would do? Um, and combining that with visualization. Another really good technique, and there is a great YouTube, um, and there's a great TED talk on YouTube by um, a researcher called Amy Cuddy, and you'll be able to find the link to this in the description of this podcast. And what um, Amy says, it's one thing you can do before any performance, it's getting into a power pose, make yourself big. This research comes from primates, you know, gorillas do that. When they have to go and fight someone, they make themselves bigger. They make their chest bigger. So that's another technique to improve your nonverbal communication. Before a match, before a performance, or even at home, go in front of a mirror, look at yourself, and make yourself big. Be, put yourself in a power pose, a Superman pose. And that will open up your body language. Do that for a couple of minutes and they will just naturally influence your body into being in, in a stronger and more open uh, body language in general. Uh, so there's a few things that you can practice, same as, when, same as your fitness, same as your knowledge of the laws of the game. Body language is something that we can practice and train and make stronger and stronger as we go. So today's podcast was all about body language. We talked about what body language is, we touched on positive and negative body language and the impact that can have or the perception it can lead referees to have. We talked about body language as a management tool in games, when are examples when it can really, really help you. And then we talked about the importance of body language to communicate. 
to the players, to the coaches, to the crowd, or perhaps to the TV if, if there's a if the game you're doing is being broadcast. And then finally, Ally gives some really practical strategies that referees can start doing to help work on their body language and to make them more confident with their body language on the pitch. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, hit the subscribe button. For more referee education, join our Facebook group and become a RefCoach member for free at refcoach.org. If you like the work we do, you can support us by purchasing a RefCoach whistle to show that you are part of the RefCoach community when you're out on the pitch.